All right, we're holding a Masechus Brachas, Perik Base Mishnah Aleph. This Mishnah really has two separate themes. The first theme is talking about the idea of Kavana, and it says, Hayakara B'Torah, if a person's reading the Torah, that is to say, let's say he's reading Parshas Veschanan, the Parsh in the Torah, which actually has the words of the first paragraph of the Kriyashma, and Vigiyazmana Mikra. And it happens to be that while he's reading the words of the Chumash, it happens to be those words are the words of the Shema, and it happens to be the time to say Shema. So the question is, is he Yotzi, his recitation, his mitzvah to recite Shema by saying those words, or or not? So the Gemara answers, the Mishnah answers, Im kiven libo, well, if he is mechaven, if he, I'll translate loosely here for a minute, if he literally means it, if he directs his heart, but I will translate loosely, meaning if he has intention, then yatsa, then he indeed fulfills his mitzvah of Kriyashma, Bim love, and if he didn't mechaven his lave, if he didn't pay attention, direct his heart, then lo yatsa, then he does not fulfill his mitzvah of Kriyashma. Now, there's a very important fundamental machlokas amurayim. If mitzvos trichos kavana, if one needs to have kavana when doing a mitzvah, that is to say, does a person need to be intending to fulfill a tzivui, a command from God when he does a mitzvah, or not? So the most famous example of this is in Rosh Hashanah when it talks about one blowing a shofar. And if, let's say for argument's sake, to illustrate the point, one picks up a shofar and he blows it as if he blows a perfect tzikiyah, true tzikiyah, exactly. He needs to blow the shofar to fulfill the mitzvah in Rosh Hashanah. But he doesn't realize it's Rosh Hashanah. He doesn't think about the mitzvah of shofar. He just happens to be blowing a shofar in the right place, in the right time, in the right way. So does he now, has he now fulfilled his requirement of hearing the shofar being blown by blowing it on Rosh Hashanah? but without intending to fulfill the mitzvah of shofar. So that's a big machlokas amurayim. So we say, we paskin, yes, mitzvah shrikas kavana, and one doesn't fulfill his mitzvah if he didn't intend to fulfill a mitzvah per se, which would mean that the guy who blew his shofar and thought it was just any old Tuesday afternoon, not realizing it's Rosh Hashanah, he wouldn't be yoti his mitzvah, he'd have to blow shofar again. So similarly, that would mean over here, that amur would learn this mission straightforwardly to mean, im kiven libo, if when he was reading and reading the Shema, he thinks, oh my goodness, it's time to say Kriya Shema, I can get a two-for-one over here, I can do my Shnai Mikra and re- do my reading of the Chumash, and I can also, and I also can get my Mitzvah Kriya Shema, and he has that intention to do the Mitzvah, then he would be Yotzi, and if not, Imlav, if he didn't have the intention, Lo Yatza, the fact that he said the words of Shema doesn't mean he fulfilled the Mitzvah of saying the words of Shema, because he didn't intend to fulfill the Mitzvah, he didn't know he was doing a Mitzvah. The other opinion says, that mitzvahs do not require kavana. In mitzvah shiras kavana. That would mean to say that a person kind of holds, I'll speak by analogy here, that mitzvahs, let's say, are just, you know, vitamins for your soul, and you got to get them, and if you don't get your proper vitamins, if you, just like if you eat treif, or you don't eat, you know, you don't do your mitzvah putting on its fillin, so your soul is mitz- missing certain vitamins, let's say, and your soul becomes, you know, loses out and, and is, is uh, hampered by that. And if you get the vitamins, your soul is, you know, is whole and healthy. So, by that metaphor, that would mean that, you know, when the doctor prescribes you need to get enough vitamin C, the two possibilities, either A, you didn't realize that red peppers have vitamin C, and you happen to eat lots of red peppers, and you happen to get the vitamin C, and you happen to be healthy. Um, and the fact that you intended to get to listen to your doctor otherwise, and get your vitamin C or otherwise, doesn't matter. Your body got its vitamin C through the peppers. So similarly, if you the 
doctor of the soul, so to speak, if God says your soul needs to blow shofar or say Yishma every day. So if you do that, whether you meant to or otherwise fulfill the mitzvah, you tick the box and you get your, your soul gets what it needs. That would be mitzvahs and shrikos kavana. But as long as you did it, you did it. And it doesn't matter if you intended to fulfill a mitzvah or otherwise. Like I said, that is a big fundamental machlokas. If you, and we don't pass in that way, that we pass in mitzvahs do need kavana. And certainly for the rises anyways. Um, but the Amorayim who hold that mitzvahs do not need kavana will have to read the Mishnah very differently. They'll have to understand that kivan libo can't mean intending to do the mitzvah because they hold you don't need to intend to do the mitzvah to be yotzi. So they understand, says the the Gemara says actually, that what it means is that this person isn't just reading the Chumash. What he's doing is he's transcribing, for example, transcribing a Sefer Torah, and he's sort of, as he's copying from Sefer Torah A to new Sefer Torah B, he's saying Shema, and then he writes on Shema. Yisrael writes on Yisrael. Hashem writes on Hashem. So when one does that, um, since, there, of course, there are no vowels in the Sefer Torah, so he might pronounce the word that he's saying as he is doing his transcription, the way the word is written, not the way it was pronounced. And by pronouncing it incorrectly, so that he transcribes it correctly, uh, one wouldn't have actually said the words of Bishma properly, and therefore he wouldn't be Yotzi. So therefore, Kivan Libo, if he pays attention, means pays attention to pronounce the words as they should be pronounced, as opposed to how they're simply written. Um, if he doesn't pay that careful attention, then he can't be presumed to have said the words properly, and therefore he wouldn't be Yotzi, he wouldn't fulfill the mitzvah. Fine. The second now part of the Mishnah um, deals with a, a different topic, the topic of how does one decide if he should interrupt, if at all, um, the Kriyashma to interact with another person. So here you had a bit of a, a balancing act in terms of values. On the one hand, there's hardly anything more important than Kabbalah's Olmah and saying the Shema, it's a mitzvah Torah, it's a mitzvah from the Torah, and of course, it's almost like, you know, uh, analogous to Lahavdil pledging allegiance to the flag. You're pledging allegiance to Hashem. And that's, of course, heavy, a heavy, uh, heavy thing and shouldn't be interrupted. It, it deserves deference. On the other hand, human beings are heavy things and sometimes they deserve deference also. So the Mishnah will now, um, answer the question. The question is, may one interrupt his recital of the Shema to interact with another person? And we'll answer that by saying there are two dimensions to consider. The answer is it depends on these two dimensions. One dimension is um, who is the person who needs your attention? Is that person someone who you're supposed to give kavod to or reasonably expects kavod? Um, or is that person even someone who's deserving that should be feared or must be feared by you? Um, that's one question. Who is that person? The second question is where are you in the recital of the Kriyashma? It makes a difference if you're in the middle of the paragraph and therefore to interrupt then would be sort of a bigger affront to the covet of the Kriyashma than if you're between the different paragraphs called Ben HaProkim, then it would be less so. So those are two dimensions that the Mishnah considers. You'll see also that um, there are two basic pshatim in what covet and yira, what honor and fear mean, um, which makes a very big difference. So first I'll explain the Mishnah according to the way that... Uh, the Bartonor explains it because he is our hero. And then we will go back and explain the Mishnah according to other sheets like the Rosh who disagree with the way the Bartonor explained it. So here you go. It says, If a person is at a, a juncture, a peric is a joint, like your elbow or your wrist, so a joint between two paragraphs, if that's where one's standing and is reading the recital of the Shema, so then 
he may be Shoel, he can inquire, meaning he can initiate the conversation to say, good morning, how are you? To someone who is deserving of kavod, of honor. And he may similarly respond to someone who is worthy of kavod. The emtza, if, however, a person is in the middle of the paragraph of the reciting of Shema, so therefore, to stop noodle will be a bigger, you know, a bigger front, if you will, it's a bigger interruption. There, he only can be shoel to interrupt and, and initiate conversation, initiate a greeting, with nay hayira, if the person who he's interacting with is someone who he needs to actually be in fear of. Umeshiv, uh, similarly, he also can respond, um, to someone who asks his welfare only if, if he's in the middle of a paragraph, only if the person who asked him how he's doing, if that person is someone who needs to be feared. Now, the way that the Bartonur understands it, he understands covet includes people like your father and your Rebbe, since you have to give them covet, so it would be wrong not to initiate, um, and therefore one may initiate Ben Aprakim and respond similarly, um, whereas the, uh, the uh, level of Yira, of fear, is reserved for someone who actually is uh, someone who you're afraid of, who could endanger your life, even if not perhaps in the very present moment, because of course, perhaps it goes without saying, someone would lop off your head right now, of course you can interrupt and say hello to save your life, but someone who maybe could make your life very difficult um, and maybe even endanger in the future. That's Bartonura's understanding. And the first sheet that was Ziver Rebmeir, Rebmeir says, if the question is, can you interrupt? He says, you can interrupt and initiate um, out of Kavod and Yira, excuse me, out of Kavod, if you're uh, only if if you're in the prakim at the juncture, but if it's a higher level of year that's required if you're at fear for your life, then of course you could interrupt um, both initiating and responding, uh, even in the middle of a paragraph. Rabbi Yehuda takes it a notch down, and he says, Be'emta, he agrees that if you're in the middle of a paragraph, show yira, that one may initiate uh, his greeting to someone who he fears, um, but to, to be meshiv, if he's just responding, that's less of an affront to the mitzvah, and therefore, he can be meshiv, he can respond with kavod, even to someone who's only worthy of honor, kavod, not someone who's, you know, of a higher level of, of demand of your attention, someone who you fear. And similarly, Rabbi Huda drops it half a notch down by saying, Baprakim, if you're at the juncture between the paragraphs, which we will define what those junctures are in the next Mishnah, show kavod, then one may initiate out of kavod, the same as the first opinion of Meir, Umeshiv, but he can respond, Shalom, respond, someone's greeting, hello, good morning, Shalom Aleichem, with a Shalom Aleichem, Lechol Adam, to anybody, anybody who initiates conversation with you, you ought not to offend them, and therefore, for the sake of peace, you should respond to them, um, if you're at a juncture between the, uh, between the paragraphs of the Shema, um, or the Brachas, and that is the Halacha. Um, worth speaking, the Halacha is like Rabbi Huda. Uh, it's worth speaking out that already the Bartan, the, uh, excuse me, the Mishabura says that, Many people today will understand you're saying Kriyashma and not be offended if you don't respond back to them when they say hello. And if that's true, if that's such a person who wouldn't be offended because they understand you're in the middle of Shema, then you wouldn't, uh, you ought not to respond after all verbally because a simple nod or a wave or, you know, would be sufficient for that person. Um, but if not, not. If you're dealing with someone who's not from or doesn't know what Kriyashma is or whatever the story is, um, certainly you could respond uh, to them um, in a prakim if they say hello to you. Now, I said that according to the Bartanura, there's another pshat which most uh, prefer, and indeed the halacha follows this pshat, so I want to speak it out also. They object to the Bartanura's definition both of kavod and of yira, and each for their own reasons. They object to kavod, they say, to define kavod as someone who you have to give honor to, like your father or your rebbe, 
um, doesn't actually make a whole deal of sense because the Torah requires not just covet, but actually Yira for your father and your Rebbe. So the father and Rebbe belong in the, in the Yira category. Um, and the, similarly, they say that it doesn't make so much sense for the Yira category to be someone who you're afraid for your life for because it should go without saying that if you're afraid of your life, nefesh, then you shouldn't need any sort of special dispensation to be lenient about your interruptions of, of uh, Kriyashma. So therefore they say that the Yira category is your father or your Rebbe, and the Kavod category is anybody who is is worthy of, or at least um, can reasonably expect you to give them Kavod, uh, which would mean any person who's in a higher station of life than you, uh, whether he be a Talmud Chacham, whether he be just an important figure of the community. And the Mishabura remarkably says, you know, simply he's just a wealthy person. Um, I remember when I learned that Mishabura the first time as a, as a teenager, so... I thought that was quite something. I mean, if we're going to say just because a person's rich, he deserves covered. But uh, the answer is um, that it's not about what he deserves. It's about what he expects. Because fostering peace, and the reason why the mission is giving the dispensation to interact with somebody is because they will feel offended if you don't respond to them. Um, and that would hamper peace between you and that person. So it's about what he expects, what he reasonably expects. So a person who reasonably expects to be greeted or responded to um, by you and acknowledged by you so he will be off-put and offended if you don't respond to him accordingly. And therefore, that would, you know, make uh, an impediment to shalom, good uh, harmony in, in society. So therefore, <clears throat> where the Mishnah reads according to them, and this is how the Allah is, we're saying, according to Yehuda now, that when it comes to, if you're in the Emta, the middle of the parak, in the middle of the recitation of a chapter, shalom in the Ayira, so then you can initiate anybody who you have to be in awe of, reverence of, like your father or your Rebbe, but if someone initiates conversation with you saying, good morning, how are you? You can respond and say, fine, thank you, or good morning, or shalom, to a person who merely deserves kavod, meaning any person of a higher station than you is an important person in the community, a generic tomachacham, or even a person who's just wealthy and expects that expects that uh, behavior and it's normal in your society. If you're at a juncture between two different paragraphs, shalom, you can initiate and say good morning to anybody who is expecting and deserving and worthy of your respect. Again, just a person who has a high station in life. You can respond, excuse me, you can respond um, to a, a greetings that someone gives you, no matter who they are in life, because of course it's quite offensive to a person to uh, for them to say good morning and you just ignore them. So if you're in a parak, the Allah is you can respond to anybody.